1: As you know, we are in the middle of our <laughs> John series um, and loving it. If you haven't gotten the John book, obviously you need to. Anyways, we're super pumped today. We are talking to the girl who's been waiting on God and just what it looks like um, to wait on him and what you can do in a waiting season. So we're super pumped. It's going to be amazing. And yeah, that's what we got. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So fun. I'm so excited about today's episode. I feel like um it's so real for every single person in, in this world of like waiting on God for something. And so it's going to be an awesome conversation. But you know, funny thing, Ken, is I'm currently in your house and you're not here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm loving this. We've like roll reverse. I'm in this space where you always podcast from. Yeah. And it's so funny. How's
1: it feel over there?
0: It feels great. Should we tell them about your problem, the home problem?
1: My oh sure. Expose me <laughs> and all my flaws. Yes, please though. I feel like so it's Tyler, relatable in this summer season.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. So Tyler and I are staying at Ken's house this week. He had to come to Nashville for work. And so I tagged along and I've just been going to the delight office and all the things. Um, but because Ken's and Josh are on the road right now we are staying at their house while they're gone. And like the first night we get there and we're like, our first day we get there, we're eating lunch and I'm like swarmed by fruit flies as I'm eating lunch. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Cool. It's whatever. And then like, as I go on, I like see a spider in the bathroom and I'm like, "Hmm, okay, a spider. That's good. (laughs) And then like, I was I had like come home pretty late and I got home pretty late and there was like one light on downstairs. And so I was like, before I went upstairs to go to bed, I was going to turn off the one light. And the lamp was covered with ants. It was literally an ant infestation. I was so freaked out because I had to turn off the lamp. I don't know why I didn't just leave it on, but in my head, I was like, I must turn off the lamp. (laughs) So I turned off the lamp. It was scary. I got ants on me, but I, I got them off me. And so the next day I'm talking to Tyler and I'm like, oh my, I'm telling him all my bug things. And he's like, oh my goodness, I killed the biggest cockroach in the room. (laughs) And so finally I text Ken's and I'm like, Ken's, I'm not trying to be like, I'm so thankful we're getting to stay at your house and that this is not our problem, but like, you might want to call it exterminator.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's so bad. Our house is like one of the old houses that I feel like gets gets infested. I like can't wait for one day in my life to have like a fresh New construction house that is
0: protected yeah.
1: from the species that from the bugs.
0: Uh, um, yeah, so exterminator is going to be here any second, which <laughs> yeah. is exciting. Maybe we can get him on the podcast for some bug tips or something. Oh my gosh, please, no. <laughs> um, but we had a lizard in our room the other day, which I think beats all your bugs. Yeah, that's pretty bad. We had a, a reptile in our room, yeah. So. Oh, I
1: think I we've talked you. about, though, on this podcast, how we had rats before in my Yes.
0: Yeah. Um, Tyler did see a, like, a no! rat behind your bed. No. Behind your bed. The trap. Okay. The trap. Okay. Okay. And he was like, he was like, why is there a rat trap behind <laughs> their bed? I was like, does that mean they have rats? <laughs> and I was like, I don't
1: think uh, we had a I problem. It's not we did, did you have rats or mice? No, like, there's a difference. No, yeah, there's a big difference. Like, mice are just kind of like, eh, especially after you've had rats, you're like, oh my gosh, it's just a mouse. But wait, you had rats. Yes, Mac. Like, I haven't told you this. It was terrible. I I thought they were just in your trash. You had Rats! rats? Stop. Yes. I can't even think about it. I never saw one with my eyes because anytime we caught one in the rat trap, Josh just like dealt with it. But, oh my gosh, I don't even want to tell you. You had
0: rats? I can't Back. do. Rats yes. are so
1: scary. Don't worry though. <laughs> that was like a full process to get them removed and they are no longer in the house. So don't worry. Okay. But oh my gosh. Yeah. They were like well that's what's funny when you're where, when you're gone camping. Like yeah. you leave the house and I think just like when nobody's there like cleaning or like walking around in it or whatever. Yeah. Just the creatures start to come out. and The, the creatures. They know. Yeah. That was the last time we had a rat was we like got back from a trip and I was like Josh I think something was here yeah so I probably should have told you that before you started uh before you came into the empty house but
0: Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> I had mice. I had mice one time and it was horrible. Like you just feel gross. But rats are next level. Oh, I'm telling you, once you've had, rat. you had
1: rats, huh. mice are just kind of like, oh my gosh, yeah. not a big deal. <laughs> oh, cute
0: little mice. Jo-
1: Welcome. So glad you're here. Josh has literally caught a mouse too in the house, like himself, like not with the trap. It was pretty impressive. With his bare hands. Yeah. We were having like a dinner party and then he like saw one and then he was like, I'm going to get it. And we all were like, you're not going to get it. Like it's gone. Like it went somewhere yeah. else. And he was like, no, I'm going to. And he like actually did. I was like, what the heck? You were like wow, Superman. Okay. We need to
0: move on from this conversation, but um, wait, before we move on, I've thought of one more thing. That's really hilarious yeah. because Ken's and I lived together in college and I was thinking about like college houses, how they're always like a little bit not great, you know? Yeah. And in our college house, we had a squirrel. <laughs> there was a
1: squirrel in my like pant drawer. <laughs> <You> <laughs> like one time I opened a drawer and a <laughs> literal hairy squirrel came out
0: of it. Oh, literally one time I was sitting at the like our dining room table, our kitchen table with your sister, because we lived with her sister too, and down the stairs, which you when I was facing the stairs, comes a squirrel. <laughs> Like, it had been up Oh, squirrels are, I was like, like rats. what? Oh, because squirrels are, like, wild yeah. outdoor animals that carry diseases, I'm pretty sure. Dude.
1: Yeah, like, when they're out in the wild, they're, like, kind of fine or whatever. You're like, oh, they might be clean. But then when they're in your house, it's, like, comparable to a rat. You're like, oh, my God. Yeah.
0: Yeah, And it was so funny. We found out that like the chimney covering had like broken so that they were getting in from the chimney. But it was so funny. I was like scared to go in our house for a week because of the squirrel (laughs) infestation.
1: We need to do an episode about like funny house things because there's like some really funny ones like sharing food, sharing clothes, the temperature in the house. I mean, it goes on and on. But that house is the dream. I literally, yeah. this is really funny, but I tell Josh that I lived in, cause you know, it, this house that we lived in is like right off of popular road in Nashville. And I tell him almost every time I'm like, Josh, I, you know, I lived in that house and every time he's like, wait, what? You did? Whoa, that's so cool. He like literally still hasn't processed that I lived there. And it's weird
0: That I'm you like, lived there? Yeah. I'm like, um, I was driving down with some of the team, some of our delight team. And I was like, did you know Ken's and I lived there? Um, and they were like, no way. Right, we really? There. That's sad. Back in the day. <laughs> they were excited for
1: us. Oh, my gosh. Okay, <laughs> Mac, we have to answer some questions. I've got them. Ready? Oh, I forgot. Yeah. I was just so having fun talking about I our problem. I know. We need to move. Okay, on. I'm ready. Okay. I'm ready. All right. Okay, so, go. if you didn't know already, we um, the people asked us some questions, and we're going to give you um, <laughs> just the a little people. bit. Okay, you? <laughs> yeah. No, no. This is people from Instagram. You know how this goes. Yeah. So, oh, the Instagram people. Yeah, exactly. So they sent us questions. We're going to give you our best advice on the spot. So Mac. I got a question for you. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. The first one is how do you have strong friendships? What are some key things to strong friendships in your life? Yeah.
0: Oh my goodness. Okay. I'm going to move fast because I could go on and on. Yeah. Number one, I think you have to be a pursuer. We talk about it all the time, but you have to pursue friendships and it never stops. Like even still, I find myself having to like stop and be like, oh, I need to reach out and make sure that friend knows that I love her or want to hang out with her or how much she means to me. So never stop pursuing. It's like when you're married, they say like never stop dating. I'd say in your friendships, never stop pursuing your friends. Yeah. Um, number two, I've realized the value, especially in this season of life, of being almost dependent on my friends. I think we have this world today where we've gotten maybe really good at boundaries and we've gotten really good at doing things on our own. But I found that like, when I'm having a rough day, I'm quick to just kind of want to go home, put on my pajamas and like stay in my bubble. Mm -hmm. But instead, I've really been challenging myself recently to call my friend and say like, today was a really rough day. Can I come and sit on your couch and eat cookies with you or whatever? You know, like yeah. I think being dependent on your friends, like being messy with your friends a little bit, it creates the best bonds, the strongest bonds. And so that's the second one, be messy with your friends. And then number three, I would say, um, serve with your friends or live on mission with your friends. I know for Ken's and I, our friendship is as tight as it is because it is not about us and our comfort and our goodness. Like it is about um, us coming together to bring heaven to earth, to like usher in God's kingdom around us. And, I think about all my friendships that are really strong and that have lasted. They're typically where we've made a piece of our friendship is serving together in some way or Mm. um, living on mission together. And so yeah, that's three little quick things I'd say about making strong friendships.
1: That's so good. And I so agree. Um, I especially agree with just like getting messy with people, like even with the simple things like just being like super honest with them and when you're having tough days, like not trying to put make it all like perfect and stuff, but rather like having moments, have honest conversations and share how you're really doing, how other relationships in your life are really doing, like how yeah. you're doing spiritually, all of that is so important. Because if you're not gonna be honest with your friends, there's no way to like build intimacy with them. There's no way to have a connection like a deeper connection it'll always just stay on the surface so i think that's so important okay yeah the next question i have for you um we did a podcast episode about this so this person or whoever's interested might need to go listen to this episode but it's tips for someone moving to a new city where they don't know anyone what are some tips mac you moved to a new (laughs) city recently so well i guess it's not so recent anymore but i know what were some things that uh what were some tips what are some tips you have
0: Yeah, we did do a full episode. So you should definitely go listen to that. Um, But number one, I would say, I think that you have to really put yourself out there. I think that's huge. Like, go to the church, go to the new member meeting, go to the small group (laughs) signups, go to the church picnic, like do the things, you know, like, even if you know you're gonna feel weird and awkward, do the things. Even if you met a girl for 10 seconds, say, Hey, can I get your number? Like I'd love to get coffee. Go get coffee with her. I think if you just start putting yourself out there and you stop kind of obsessing over what people might think of you and just go for it, like mm. eventually that right person, that puzzle piece person is gonna to come together. And then that's gonna be like your key to to meeting so many different other people. Yeah. So I think that's super important. I think. Number two, the and this is more of like less of a practical one and more of like just something you really got to pray through and process through is um, letting go of the past so that you can really begin to usher into what God wants to do next. I love that passage scripture that talks about like, I'm doing a new thing. Like God is doing a new thing in that place. And so rather than looking for replacements for old friends, old churches, old activities you used to do, old restaurants you used to love, like look for something new, like look for different things that maybe God wants to do in this new place. And so I think really beginning to like pray, say, God, like, would you make my heart open to something new, something different? I think then we kind of take on our parameters of what it needs to look like. And we allow God to really do something new and something fresh and something more beautiful and powerful than we could even imagine.
1: So good. Okay. Yeah. Go listen to the episode though, because Max shares so much more about this and I can't tell you how many times people have referenced this episode when they just moved and things are hard. So I think it'll give you a lot of hope, a lot of direction and just some good advice. So go listen. All right. Last question is what is uh, your advice on sharing your faith in uncomfortable situations? So maybe it's a friend. I think
0: you should take this one.
1: Ooh, okay, yeah. Are you interviewing me
0: or are you doing some too? <laughs> well,
1: you know, I, yeah, this time I just took on the interviewee. Uh. <laughs> I like that. I like that position better. Okay. Um, You're like, ooh, wow, good answer. Okay. I'm like, love that, Mac. Give us more, Pastor Mac. Okay, no. Um, uh, yeah, tips on sharing your faith when it's uncomfortable. Well, first of all, I feel like almost all the time, it's uncomfortable like navigating relationships and the conversation and all of that. Um, But yeah, I would just say like embrace the awkwardness and like when you share your faith more, you get more comfortable with it, honestly. So I guess my advice for you is to just go for it anyways. Like if you're hesitant or if it feels weird just try to find moments to insert the conversation, whether that's you, it doesn't even have to look like you asking, like, do you know Jesus? But that could more so be like you sharing, like how you've seen the Lord show up in your life, how he's changed you, um, how you feel loved by him, like simple things like that, um, that might spark thoughts or conversations. And then simple questions also like, just like, um, have you been talking to God recently? Um, have you been to church recently? Like, simple questions instead of the big, intimidating ones might be a good first step. And um, yeah, and to just like get comfortable with the uncomfortable because it's always weird. I mean, I like love sharing my faith genuinely. I think I have like a very natural evangelistic personality or whatever and even for me still it's like intimidating and uncomfortable but the more I do it the more I feel like I can navigate those conversations better so um yeah we also did an episode about this so go listen I think it's called like for the girl who wants to share her faith more or something like that it's about what is that what it is
0: yeah yeah Or Everyday Evangelist? Yeah. I don't remember. Yeah. Why do I think that's the title? I could be wrong.
1: It might be Everyday Evangelist. Something like that. But we give a lot more practical tips. Like I even walked through like a conversation that you could have while waiting for your Starbucks drink and how like we often have these perfect opportunities in our everyday Mm -hmm. to share our faith that we often overlook and how it can be so much more simple than you might imagine. So,
0: yeah. Cool. For the girl who wants to share... Oh, wait, no, that's not it. I was going to say for the girl who wants to share the gospel more. For the girl who wants to be an everyday evangelist. That's what it's called. And then maybe also who wants to I'll share look up. the gospel more. We have
1: all different things.
0: That was a conversation with MMA Jenkins, which is also awesome. Yeah, that's where Definitely right. you listen to that too.
1: Okay, yay. We love it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Wow. Okay. Great questions. Um, But we are so excited to jump into the book of John. We are going to be talking about what it looks like to wait on God. So let's jump into our conversation. Okay, everybody is always asking, Ken and I, where do we get our gold jewelry from? We're both huge fans of just, you know, those cute little dainty gold necklaces. You guys know I love my gold hoops, all of the things. And we have a new favorite business to get our gold jewelry from, and that is Susan Shaw. They are an incredible company with some of the most unique and beautiful pieces. They have tons of gorgeous gold jewelry. I love looking through their website. And one of our favorite things is they have so many amazing cross pieces that, you know, They're not lame. They're really cute, and I feel like you can find one that fits any style, uh, no matter what your style is. If you're more cool girl vibes, if you're more preppy girl vibes, if you're more girly girl vibes, we think that you'll be able to find the perfect piece of gold jewelry, even silver if you're a silver girl, um, to fit your wardrobe. So we actually have a code for you guys, so you can use our normal code, FTGFAM, FTGFAM, and family to get a discount on their website you just go to susanshaw.com shop around and let us know what you get because we will definitely be supporting and definitely be sporting some of our favorite susan shaw pieces so head to their website shop and we can't wait to see you in your new susan shaw jewelry
1: Okay, we are really excited about this conversation. We're talking to the girl who's been waiting on God and gosh, this can look like so many different things. Maybe for you, you feel like you're waiting on God for a relationship in your life, like you just so desire marriage and to be seen by somebody, and to have somebody to spend your days with, and it just feels so frustrating in your singleness. It feels like maybe it's just been so long that the Lord's forgotten you, maybe doesn't have somebody for you. You've maybe grown frustrated, tired, annoyed in this season, and so we wanted to speak to you and maybe, maybe just change the way you're thinking and the things that you're doing in this season. But then there's others of you. Maybe it has less to do with the relationship and more to do with maybe a career or a job that you're waiting for. I don't know what it looks like for you, but you might have big dreams of like, maybe you even know like God's calling you to this big thing or this big dream, but it feels so far away, so like unattainable right now in this season. Maybe it feels like so many doors are being closed and it's not even possible anymore. Well, we really want to speak to you, raise your uh, expectations, raise your hope and your trust in the Lord in this season and what he really does have for you. Um, yeah, some of you guys might be waiting on, um, yeah, relationships in your life and prayers to be answered, um, Maybe for some of you you've been in a season of just like struggling with your with your health. This is me right now, honestly. I won't go into it. <laughs> yeah. um, but I feel like it just can be so frustrating. Maybe there's something just you're battling right now, spiritually mm-hmm. and physically, and it just feels like it's been dragged on. And you're like, why, God, am I going yeah. through this? Like I don't see any good in this. I can't see the light in the end of the tunnel. But as we know, like the Lord has purpose in everything. And so hopefully this episode will show you that purpose and show you how to stay strong and to persevere in hardship. So yeah, we're just super excited to talk to all of you guys and in this season. And it's so clear in scripture uh, what it looks like to wait and some people um, that that had to wait and how the Lord Mm -hmm. showed up in the midst of it. And so yeah, we're... We're going to dive into the scripture. Max going to take it away. And all this is in yeah. the John book. So if you guys haven't gotten the John book, you need to because you'll get so much more of all of this. <laughs> but,
0: yeah. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, we're going to be in, we're technically in week three of our John study if you're following along with us. And this uh, passage that I want to look at and just recap really quickly is um, from week three, day one, and it's looking at a story from John 11 that we all know pretty well, which is um, the death and then the raising of Lazarus by Jesus. And I think this is a really cool one because we see, um, I think, some of the humanity of Mary and Martha, who were the sisters of Lazarus. And how maybe, like, they wait a lot like how you and I wait, which is with maybe some frustration, maybe some angst towards Jesus at times. And so I think it's really relatable. Um, And so, but I love the message that we get from it. And I know for me, like, there were seasons of waiting. Like, I remember the biggest one for me that was so frustrating. I wish I should go back and count the amount of days I wrote in my journal about, like, singleness and waiting on um, a relationship and all the things. And I remember like, God, I have prayed this prayer so many times. I'm sick of hearing myself talk about it. (laughs) and Like Mm -hmm. maybe you're at that place with whatever it is that you're waiting on. You're just sick of hearing yourself asking God for it one more time. And like Ken said, we hope that this just brings you a little bit of hope and a little bit of practicals of, of what you can continue to do as you wait upon God in this season. So um, John 11, we have Mary and Martha and Lazarus, and they were all great friends with Jesus. Um, earlier in Luke 10, if you're reading through the gospels, you read about Jesus actually coming over to Mary and Martha's house for dinner. So they had a close tight knit relationship. John 11:6 six even says now Jesus loved Mary and Martha and her sister and Lazarus. So we know they were tight. They were friends. Jesus, they, were, they trusted him, they were pals with him, and it's crazy because Lazarus gets sick and Mary and Martha, they send word to their friend Jesus, and in John eleven six 6, we find out um, kind of the response that Jesus has when he finds out that Lazarus was sick. So it says, so when he heard that Lazarus was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And I don't know about you guys, but if I called a friend and told them I was sick and I needed some like, even just like soup and crackers, I'd expect them to drop everything and come, you know, help me out, help a girl out. But Jesus, the Messiah, decided to stay put for two days instead of going to Mary, Martha, and Lazarus right away. And so finally, he decides to go to Bethany. But in the meantime, Lazarus, his friend, ends up dying. And the sisters, Mary and Martha, they are devastated. I mean, can you imagine how deeply sad they were while all at the same time, can you imagine the angst they must have felt as they waited on their friend Jesus, who they knew to be the Messiah, the Savior, to show up when the worst possible thing happened? I mean, their brother had died. Their friend, their friend who they knew was the only one who could do something about it, had not showed So Jesus, he finally does show up in town and Martha, one of the sisters, she runs out to greet him while Mary stayed in the house. And Martha goes and she falls at his feet and she says this, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And I don't know about you guys, but when I read this, it almost feels like a little bit of a passive aggressive response. You know, Mm -hmm. it's almost as if she's like trying to cover up her anger by saying like, what the heck, Jesus? Where were you? Why didn't you show? I mean, if you would have been here, he would be alive right now. Um, and mm-hmm. then we have Mary. If you remember about the story from Luke 10, Mary was the sister who would do anything to be next to Jesus. She was like obsessed with sitting at the feet of Jesus. And she hears that Jesus comes to town and she actually stays in the house. Martha was the one that ran out. Mm-hmm. And she... He just to me, this is again, just showing like a little bit of frustration, a little bit of angst towards Jesus as to why had he not showed up when she was waiting on him? Where was he? And Mm -hmm. finally, Jesus, he goes to her um, and she falls at his feet and she says the same thing. Jesus, if you would have been here, this wouldn't have happened. And it's this really beautiful moment because uh, we have the shortest verse in the Bible. Jesus wept and Jesus, he weeps with her. And I love this because he doesn't jump right ahead just to kind of like magic wand fixing her problems. He gets in the pain of her circumstances with her. He gets in the pain of her waiting. And then they go to the tomb together. Jesus tells them, remove the stone. And Martha says, hey, Jesus, he's been in there for four days. It's going to smell really bad. But Jesus is like, trust me. Um, And then he prays this prayer, and I love this prayer because he thanks his Father in heaven for actually hearing his prayers. So verse 41, John 11, it says, so they took away the stone, and then Jesus looked up and said, Father, I thank you that you have heard me. I knew that you always hear me, but I said this for the benefit of the people standing here, that they may believe that you sent me. And then he calls Lazarus out of the tomb and Lazarus is alive and there's a party and a celebration. Um, But I want to look at that prayer that Jesus prayed in verse 41, because I think it shows us something really big uh, about our waiting. And it reveals what Jesus had been doing during those two days of waiting in Galilee, those two days when he didn't go straight to uh, the sides of Mary and Martha. What was he doing well, he was talking to his father mm-hmm. in those two silent days um, when Mary and Martha were waiting on Jesus. Jesus was praying for this outcome, for resurrection life for Raz- for Lazarus and for what would happen through it. Um, and so when they took that stone away, Jesus's two day prayer had been answered And I think this just shows us that in Mary and Martha's waiting, when it seemed like he wasn't doing anything, Jesus was actually working. While they were bitter at him for not showing up, Jesus, he was talking to the Father on their behalf. And when it felt like all hope had been lost, Jesus was just getting started. He was actually displaying his glory for everyone in Bethany, for all of Judea to see. This was the miracle that shifted everything. And I think the same is true in our lives. In our waiting, when we're bitter and frustrated, Jesus is still working. Mm -hmm. Um, when we're mad at him because it seems like he isn't showing up over and over again. And we've written that prayer 10 million times. Jesus is talking to the Father on our behalf. When it feels like all hope has been lost, Jesus, he is just getting started. And so I love this story in John because I think no matter what season of waiting you're in in your life, Um, Maybe you're waiting on your future, on a job, on friends, on a relationship, on someone to apologize, an opportunity, a breakthrough, whatever it is that you're waiting on. Um, Let's not forget that Jesus is moving in more ways than we can know or fathom or imagine. And I think the story of Lazarus reminds us that our waiting is actually a really beautiful opportunity for not just us to see the glory of Jesus on display, but for everyone around us to see the glory of Jesus on display in our lives. And it's through our waiting that we can actually begin to build faith and trust in Jesus and his plan for our lives. Um, And so we don't have to see waiting as a punishment, but rather as an opportunity to grow our hope and faith and trust in Jesus Mm -hmm. Um, and so I love that God knows what we need and when a season comes along where we're asked to wait we can trust that it's for our good and for his glory and so we wanted to just kind of take that story in John 11 and really then begin to talk about okay so we know that waiting is good um, that the glory of Jesus can be put on display through our waiting, but how do we actually wait on the Lord? Mm -hmm. Um, Because we're really good at waiting. I think with bitterness, with frustration, with apathy, with impatience, with laziness, all of these different things, but how do we actually wait on the Lord in a way that honors him? And so we want to walk through four different things with you guys. Um, And share just like some little pieces of scripture that you can cling to when maybe you're struggling to wait in this way. And so we're really excited to jump into these practical things.
1: Yes. Yes. I love that story. I love the story of Jesus healing Lazarus, 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 Lazarus. Lazarus sounds like a dinosaur name doesn't it? Like <laughs> t Tyrannosaurus Rex Lazarus. Yeah. It does. <laughs> I can't get that one down. Actually, also it- good news,
0: everybody. The exterminator is here. I see him <laughs> walking around the house. Oh my gosh.
1: Go. What if his name is Lazarus? Uh, <laughs> Do we need to ask? Uh, we'll report back. Um, but anyway, um, that's such a cool story, and I do love that prayer as well because it's such a testament. It's written in the word that Jesus was talking to to his father, and he was working in the waiting. And he ha- he didn't just throw in the towel. He wasn't just going for a spa day. He didn't just turn his back. He didn't. Um, <laughs> he didn't ignore. The request, like he was engaged, but we, he, they just didn't know it at the time. And so we can know that's what the beauty of scripture is, is that we have, we have knowledge now of how, how Jesus works and what he's doing and yeah. And how to wait on God. So yeah, this gives me so much hope and so much. I think that this will give us so much direction, um, in, in our waiting. So I'm super pumped for that. Okay, you guys, I wanted to interrupt today's episode to tell you a little bit about smile brilliance night guards. I know, I know, it sounds a little bit random, but night guards are actually super important, especially if you felt stressed or anxious. We often unknowingly grind our teeth at night, causing permanent damage to our teeth, inviting infections, cavities, and lifelong tooth sensitivity. So maybe you're somebody who knows you've grinded your teeth for super long and you just haven't taken action. This is your sign. Today is the day to actually get a night guard or maybe for you, you're just feeling stressed and anxious and you know, this is probably going to be a part of your future. It's so much easier to prevent the damage than seeking a cure after the fact. So night guards are super, super important. Um, and today you can get a discount on your night guard, um, by going to smilebrilliant.com and using the code FTGFAM for 20%. That's F-T-G-F-A-M, like family, for 20% off your night guard. It's a super easy process. You can get custom fitted night guards and they keep them on file so that you can easily and affordably access new ones or get one at any point in time. So head to smilebrilliant.com and make sure you got a good smile, full of joy, white, pretty, and ready to go. You guys head to smilebrilliant.com.
0: Okay, for the girl fam, I am so excited to tell you about my latest obsession, and it is my Nutribullet Blender. It is the easy-to-use, easy-to-clean, affordable blender that Tyler and I got just a month or so ago, and we are seriously obsessed with it. It's been a game changer. Every day after the gym, I was going to Smoothie King and spending way too much money on smoothies. Then we got our NutriBullet and everything changed. NutriBullet's dietitians have estimated that it costs only $1.60 to make a smoothie in your own home while the average cost of a store-bought smoothie is $7. And because we are newlyweds, we're trying to budget all of the things, this has been the game changer. I throw a little bit of Uh, peanut butter, some banana, some protein powder, some coffee in my smoothie, and oh my goodness, guys, I wish you could taste it because it is so, so, so good. And we personally had the Nutribullet Blender Combo, which is the most versatile Nutribullet out there. It allows you to effortlessly switch between single serve and full size blending. So you can make protein shakes, smoothies, soups, and dips. The Nutribullet truly does it all. And so if you go to Nutribullet.com and you use our promo code, which is FTGFAM, as in family, FTG. FAM all cap for 20% off your order. Once again, that's Nutribullet.com and use our promo code FTGFAM as in family for 20% off. If you don't have a Nutribullet in your kitchen, you are missing out. amazing okay so we're gonna jump in to the first one how do we wait on the lord i love how you go um he's saying okay <laughs> okay <laughs> to
1: be totally honest someone just asked me what I my total order
0: was and i got Back. a little distracted
1: i know you know even I know people need to know this <laughs> while we're podcasting that we keep it real mac is the hardest person to podcast with not really <laughs> i mean not really obviously it's easy it's definitely easy but in a way it's so annoying because when she is podcasting with me she just zones or when i'm talking i do not zone out
0: she no. zones
1: out yeah no. yes yes okay go ahead what was your chipotle order you know
0: I just ordered a little bolt. Okay, Okay. I got it in, so I'm ready to talk about this.
1: We're in the middle of a podcast. You better get with it.
0: Okay. (laughs) Okay, so number one, how do we wait on the Lord? We wait with trust. In order to wait well, we must learn to trust in the one that we are waiting on. This is so crucial. Because if you don't trust Jesus to have your best in mind, if you don't trust Jesus to be who he says that he is, then waiting will be miserable. And you will always try to take it back into your own control because you probably have more trust in yourself than you do in your God. And so I know for me, there have been so many seasons where I've had to get really honest with myself and really ask that question, do I trust you, Jesus? Because my life and my circumstances are proving that I am holding so tightly to this thing that I really want or that I really think is good for me. And I'm actually not trusting you to be the one to bring it to fruition, to bring it to completion. And so I think that trust is so, so important when it comes to waiting well, really wrestling with the Lord, wrestling, having that moment with yourself, heart-toothing yourself and saying, Jesus, do I trust you? Do mm-hmm. I trust you to lead me in this? And one of my favorite scriptures, I feel like it's everybody's favorite scripture, but Proverbs 3, 5, that says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. You have to trust in God with every piece of you. And then it says, and lean not on your own understanding. And I think one of the biggest things when it comes to trust is knowing that when we choose to trust Jesus, we are literally choosing to take our hands off Of, like, the wheel, (laughs) you know, it is that Jesus take the wheel moment because Jesus is going to bring something to completion or bring something to fruition in a way that we might not understand. It is going to look so different than what we think it might need to look like, and that's the beauty of trusting Jesus. Um, because we in our humanity we only see one way, or we make it really narrow minded, or we think what this is best for us. When Jesus says, no, 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 I know what is best for you. Will you trust me? Will you trust me? Will you trust me? And so I think in order to wait um, and to really honor God in our waiting, we have to really make it an effort every single day to wake up and to trust him to do it in his way.
1: Yeah, for sure. That's so good, Mac. I think if for you, if you've been waiting and you feel like you've just been controlling everything while you're waiting. Like you just like have the tightest grip on every little thing and every little moment of your life. I feel like that's a telltale sign that this is like probably the area for you that you need to focus on is rebuilding your trust in the Lord and starting to Mm -hmm. just loosen that grip a little bit and letting him take back the control. Like you said. So yeah, I think like how to rebuild this trust is really just like rebuilding uh, what you know God to be or who you know yeah. Jesus to be, um, like truly knowing the character of God because it's so easy, right, to like sort of read the scriptures and sort of understand it or pray and sort of feel him. But for you, like you might need to just like get down low and like really figure out like who Jesus is to you, what he feels like, what he looks like, Mm-hmm. Uh, how he speaks to you in scripture and like have a stronger foundation there. And I think you can find it in the word of God, I think you can find it in prayer. And I think you just need to go back to the basic of knowing the character of God. And so many of you might, might be like, no, 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 I know God. Like I grew up in youth group. I know the stories. I know God. We are tight. But maybe like over this waiting season, you've just like lost a little sense of that or lost a little knowing of that. So I really want to encourage this person when it comes to waiting with trust is like going back to the basics, knowing who God is to you and um, knowing who Jesus is. And yeah, there's that. I think this is just so important here. So,
0: yeah, I love that so much. I think that's so good and so real. I think you can go to the Word of God and look for that character and and write them down and remember them. Cling to that Proverbs verse um, that talks about trusting the Lord and leaning not on your own understanding. Put it on your mirror. All the different things. Um, yeah, so yeah. I think those of you who maybe need to grow in your trust, or maybe those of you who are like the control freaks, you're like, ah, I've been doing it my own way. I haven't really been trusting you. And then the second thing we want to talk about, if we want to wait on God is waiting with hope. And those of you who might need to grow in waiting with hope, I think it looks a little bit different. These are maybe my Eeyores out there. <laughs> you guys are the ones who are like, wah, 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 like, God, you just don't care about me. You don't see me and I'm just over it and I'm done and I'm giving up and I'm melancholy about it and I'm down and out about it. And I think in order to wait well, we have to learn how to engage in our hope in our God. We must learn to wait with expectancy for how our God might move. I love the verse Psalm 135 that says, I will wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. And in his word, in his word, I put my hope. Um, And I think there's two things there that that makes me think about, like in his word, the things that he has spoken over my life, um, I put my hope. And then in his word, I go to the word of God for my hope. <laughs> um, I don't go to the world. I don't go to my relationship status. I don't go to um, whatever that grade said on my end of the year exam for my hope. Like I go to Christ alone. That is where my hope is in. And because of who my God is, I can get my hopes up. (laughs) Like, I don't have to keep my expectations low for how he might move. He is the God of the universe, the savior of the world. So therefore in him, I can put, get my hopes up that he is out for my good and that he is working all things together for the good of those that walk with him and love him and follow him. And so I don't know about you, but when I start to think about that, I can't help but get excited and get joyful and get just kind of pumped about what God might do. So even when you're waiting, it's not an excuse to just be like, I just don't even think about it because I don't want to get my hopes down or, like, I don't want to get, like, disappointed. Like, get your hopes up again in God. You can wait with expectancy because of who your God is. And yeah. I just think that's really good and something that we don't do often in waiting season.
1: Yeah, for sure. We're not used to it. Like, I think our culture easily tells us, like, Um, you know, don't get your hopes up. Like, you know, don't expect much. Like you don't want to be let down. Like that's a common thing we kind of tell ourselves. But that same conversation is like so not applicable to to the Lord, like the Lord that Mm -hmm. can do the miraculous, who can um, part the seas, show up in big ways, like do these crazy things in our life. And so we have to remember like, Like with Jesus, like all things are possible. It's so different from other relationships in our lives. We can have, we can have great expectations and what he's going to do in our lives. And um, yeah, I think it's just really easy. It's so easy. And I can relate to this in this season of having that Eeyore mentality after like, so long you just get so tired and you're like oh yeah. my gosh like this is just like too much this has been going on for way too long i'm just over yeah. it and like you get drained and exhausted like i've been there and sort of been in the midst of it and for me like what's just been so important in in this season and in seasons of waiting that feel really really sad and maybe really down and out and really exhausting is to um, put yourself in places and in with people that are going to help you raise your hope. I think like, it's really Mm -hmm. easy to do the opposite. It's like easy, when you're struggling to surround yourself who maybe are also Eeyores just because it like makes you feel better. It's like a little (laughs) bit more comfortable to be like, well, well, let's just like talk about all the terrible things or how hard life is right now. Um, but it really is only going to bring you down and honestly lose even more faith in your life. And so in order to raise our hope again, I think we have to surround ourselves and be in conversations with people that, um, who like believe in the miraculous and, are maybe going through something and have a lot of hope Um, and to like, totally like all the time, engage with those people, put yourself in places like in atmospheres of worship like that. Um, And yeah. And also just reminding yourself of, of the miracles and testimonies that have happened in your life previously. And not in a way of like, Oh wow, that's sad. That's how my life used to be. But in a way of like, Oh no, like, That's like what God did in my life. And I believe he's going to do that again. He did it in my life. I also see it in other people's lives. I also see it in scripture. Like I am convinced that he's going to pull through for me. And like, just like constantly telling yourselves those things again, surrounding yourself with those people. I think those are some really tangible ways to raise our expectations and raise our hope again in what God can do.
0: Yes. That's so good. So good. I love that. It's so practical to like surround yourself with people who are gonna help you get your hopes up because it is so fun to sit with people who will just be down and out with you. Yeah. <laughs> but it's such a fleeting thing whereas then you know an hour later you're still miserable. And so mm-hmm. that's really good. That's really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we talked about waiting with trust. We talked about waiting with hope. The next thing we want to talk about is waiting with perseverance. In order to wait well, uh, we must be able to stand firm and persevere when trials come our way, because I hate to break it to you, but in our waiting, some really hard things might happen. And if we let our faith and our hope be built on our circumstances, then we will never be able to wait well. Um, But if we put our hope and our trust in our God, then when trials come our way, we can know that these are actually things that are growing us closer to God. And they're Mm -hmm. almost preparing us for what God might want to do in and through that particular season of waiting. Um, I forever will love James 1, 2 through 4 that says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let -hmm. perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. So when trials come your way, we can consider them joy because God in our waiting is working and preparing us for what he might want to do through that season with that season, how he might want to put his glory on display through your season of waiting. And so Mm -hmm. I think this is really important to remember Because I think oftentimes we uh, think when a trial season comes our way, we just completely give up. And honestly, we see it a little bit in our story from John 11. Um, Lazarus was sick. They said, Jesus, come. He didn't show up for them. And then Lazarus died. Talk about a trial. Their brother died. The worst possible thing happened. And Mm -hmm. Jesus still wasn't done. Actually, Jesus was preparing, like Lazarus had to die in order for the miracle to happen of Jesus raising him from the dead. And I think when you get that perspective on your trials of actually this trial is might actually be allowing Jesus to do something even more. And will I persevere? Will I stand firm? Will I not give up in this trial in this season of waiting? Um, Will I not turn my back on Jesus? Um, because I think in a lot of ways with all the deconstruction of faith around us, I think we all have friends who have fallen away from faith recently. And I think a lot of it is this step of the waiting process. Yeah, um, you're right. a trial hits and we, we don't know how to persevere. We don't have the perspective of what Jesus might be doing. We don't know how to trust him. We don't know how to put our hopes in him. And so I think this is mm. is so vital. And almost like we have to be battle ready and waiting mm-hmm. <laughs> because trials will come. Will you armor up and get ready for them? Um because I just I just think it's so important. It so matters and like literally like I feel like um people's faith is on the lines in these seasons of waiting Mm -hmm. and we almost just take them too lightly and just slowly fall away. And it just really breaks my heart. It makes me sad.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel like there's so much you could say here because it's just such a big topic and so prevalent to our culture right now. But yeah, like persevering is a part of faith. Like persevering Mm -hmm. is a part of faith. Faith doesn't mean, and we already know this, like we know this, but I think there's a secret, like small part of our minds that like, oh no, faith means that like everything's going to be good. And if I'm, if I'm like going through something really tough, like Uh, why God like we like get mad at God or something like that because we're like taught that it's supposed to be butterflies and rainbows and joy and peace like all the time every day but no like God brings us through trials and um and tough waiting seasons with a purpose and like we have to know that that there is a purpose in it and so we must persevere we must like fight for the lord and for peace and for joy and in seasons of waiting and it is it sometimes is like tough like it is tough and, and it is a fight but it's for um it's for the good and it's full of purpose i even think about that verse of in roman like romans 5 it talks about how our suffering like produces perseverance and perseverance character and character hope like I want to be a woman of God who is certain and sure and grounded yeah. in faith. And that comes through yeah. trials and it comes through yeah. like suffering and through fighting and through persevering, like, like a, a strong grounded character in God doesn't just come through butterfly and rainbow seasons like it comes through some of the toughest waiting seasons and so we can be grateful for that like we can be we can rejoice in that even when it's really Mm -hmm. hard and so um yeah I'm just excited for you if you're going through this and you're like gosh this feels hard and I'm persevering this is tough know that like there is like such a purpose in this you're going to be so much stronger on the other side it sounds so cliche but it's like so good like you're going to be stronger for your future family you're going to be stronger for your future spouse you're going to be stronger for your future career you're going to be stronger for all of your friendships and you're going to have way understanding you're get more understanding you're going to be deeply rooted and it's going to be so good so fight fight in this season um for your faith and fight for it to to find jesus in the middle of it but yeah we could go on yeah. probably on a whole we could go on. yeah <laughs> oh my
0: gosh uh, We are, we, we really could, we could go on. We need to do an episode on that. I think actually.
1: We should. Yes. Okay. And our last one,
0: Mac attack. Yes. Okay. So the last one we (laughs) talked about waiting with trust, trust, waiting with hope. I just said waiting with trust, (laughs) waiting with trust, waiting with hope, waiting with perseverance, and finally waiting with worship. In order to wait well, we must learn to worship the Lord for who he is and not just what he does for us. It makes me so sad that so many of our faith is built upon the things that God has done for us rather than who God is. And I think that some of us have lost the art of worship, knowing that worship is worshiping God for who he is, not just for the things that he does for us, not just for the blessings he gives us, not just for like, the fun rainbow butterfly days he gives us. Like we worship God for who he is and what he did for us. Yes. On the cross, but not necessarily what he does for us by giving us the boyfriend or giving us the thing that we really, really want. Um, And I think what's so cool about worshiping God before you get the thing that you want, when you worship in the waiting, I actually think that God does something really huge here. He begins to kind of transform your heart and almost help you to loosen the grip that you have on that thing that you're waiting on. Suddenly, you don't need it as much. You're not as dependent upon it because God has really tried or really in the process. He has almost tuned your heart to be in sync with His. So your heart begins to desire the things that He desires for you. So sometimes and when we worship as we wait, sometimes that thing that we were waiting on stops feeling like such a big, Deal (laughs) and stops feeling like this end all be all thing that we have to have. And I think that's a really beautiful process. I know that's happened in my life so many times where it's just helped me to loosen the grip on something that I thought I had to have. And then God gets a hold of my heart when I worship him in the process of it. And he's like, actually, like, Like, I want different things. I want things that are actually going to nourish my heart and nourish my soul and not just things that are going to be a quick fix. And so I love that. I love that when I worship, my mood changes, my heart changes, I start seeing my circumstances differently. And then I know that my heart just starts to beat more in sync with God's heart rather than me just desiring things and then being like, oh, thank you, Jesus. You gave me a boyfriend. Thank you, Jesus. You know, like, and I just think there's a difference there that. As we wait, this can be one of the mo- the coolest invitations in our waiting. Will you worship him as you wait, not just worship him when it's all said and done?
1: <laughs> yeah, this is so good and so practical. It's like something we can start doing like today, tonight, this morning, wherever you are. And yeah, it doesn't look like always like I feel like sometimes you think worship while you wait. And it means like you have to like raise your hand and jump around and dance at a, church service and you're like oh my gosh that feels like so hard right now or probably impossible but um maybe like for you worshiping might just look like like a more intimate thing like maybe it's just getting on your knees and quieting all of your worries and frustrations and fixing your eyes and on Jesus and just thanking him, finding little things that you appreciate that you can recognize, um, that you can look around you and see the beauty in and like noting those things and speaking them out loud and writing them down and fixating on those things and thanking the Lord for them in quiet moments of prayer alone in your bedroom. Maybe it is like breaking through your, uh, your your mentality and like and raising your hands maybe for you you do need to maybe like break the chains of uh frustration by dancing around but maybe for you mm-hmm. it's also more of a quiet worship and so yeah I think this has been huge in seasons where it's just been tough for me or where I felt mm-hmm. like so sad it's been those moments alone in my bedroom that I felt like have saved it all so mm-hmm. um yeah. so good so good
0: so good. Okay. Yeah. So we had four ways to wait. How do we wait on the Lord? We can wait with trust. Um, learning to trust in the one that we are waiting on is vital when it comes to waiting well, waiting with hope, getting our expectations up and how God might move, not waiting with that your mentality, waiting with expectancy that He is. The Messiah, the Savior of the world, He can do things that we can't even imagine. Wait with perseverance, standing firm when trials come because they will come, and realizing that God um, might be preparing you for what is at the end of your waiting and how He might use that season to put His glory on display. And then waiting with worship, um, praising Him, Thanking him before he ever does the thing that you're waiting on, and how that tunes our heart to beat more in sync with God's heart in the waiting. And so, I hope this conversation is one that no matter what you're waiting on, it encourages you, it challenges you, it sends you into God's word (laughs) because we could tell you all these things, but every single one of these things are just things that we have gleaned from the word of God, um, and have found in the pages of scripture, um, and then found those things to be true in the ways that God has moved in our own waiting seasons. And so this was such an awesome conversation. And I feel like it sparked my brain for other conversations that we can be having in the future with you guys. Um, But yeah, I'm loving this John study. We're halfway through. There is still so much time for you to jump in. Um, You can head to our website, forthegirl.com, grab a John study and join in with us at any point. It just helps you to get into the word daily and to know and study God's word and get to know Jesus in a fresh way this summer. You can do it within a group. You can do it on your own. You can do it with your bestie, do it with your mom. Whatever you want to do, jump in with Ever. But um, yeah, I can't wait for next week. We're going to be in week four of our John study, jumping into the word, talking about our Jesus and how much we love him. And yeah. (laughs) I'm going to go talk to the exterminator.
1: (laughs) Okay. Yes, Mac, you do that. You guys, this is so good. Such a good conversation. We can't wait to talk about it more. We love our for the girl fam. Seeing all the pics. It's just the best ever. So we'll see you out there in the world and we'll talk to you soon.